Bibles, Luke chapter 19, Luke chapter 19. We, today is, is, a, uh, is a good day in this whole series. We start the third part of this trilogy. Uh, if you've been here throughout this, this series, we started out uh, with chapters 4 through 9, with, uh, which Luke focuses on Jesus' ministry in Galilee. And then about partway through chapter 9, it tells us that Jesus fixed his face on heading toward Jerusalem. Uh, and then, uh, by the time we get to chapter 19, we see that Jesus has made this little journey. Get to chapter 19, he enters in Jericho, goes through Jericho, and is on his way making his, um, I guess you would say, ascent, because Jerusalem is up, uphill, making his ascent to, uh, to Jerusalem. And so that's where we're at today. We're going to start in chapter 19. We're going to look at that real quick because it's going to set the stage for chapter 20. One of the things that I hope that you see as we work through the narrative is these are not just a, a, a collection of isolated uh, uh, narratives. This is a, it's a continual narrative. It's, a, uh, it's telling us, you know, the, the events that took place and the author is being very intentional about um, which events and how these events tied into uh, the lessons that Jesus was teaching and, and tries to make a, a connection between, um, you know, our, our own heart and having us, having us to understand the spiritual matters and things that were going on. So pretty significant stuff that's going on. So chapters 4 through 9, Jesus' ministry in Galilee. Chapters 9 through 19 is his journey to Jerusalem. And now we're at chapter, mid, midway through chapter 19, uh, Jesus is now uh, going into uh, the city of Jerusalem. So Luke chapter 19, uh, verse 11, tells us something very insightful. Uh, it tells us that the disciples and others were expecting this to be the moment that the kingdom of God takes over the kingdoms of the world. Uh, that was the mindset of the disciples. In fact, it wasn't just the disciples. Uh, that was pretty much the whole entourage. It was even uh, the, the fear of the religious leaders. That was what they were fearful of. They were thinking, gosh, you know, if he, he's claiming to be the Messiah, he's going he's gonna to overthrow uh, even the things that, that they had that they thought were going good, especially the religious leaders. They had a, uh, they had a racket going on that was working pretty well for them, and they didn't, wanna, they didn't want anybody to mess it up. And, you know, so they're thinking, if this is it, and it was pretty, pretty clear that something was significant about this trip. This is not the only trip that Jesus made to Jerusalem, but there was something different, and everybody knew it. Everybody knew that there was something different about this trip, and, and that's what we see. So the disciples are expecting this to be the moment of the kingdom of God. It's going to take over the kingdoms of the world. That means that the Roman government will no longer be in charge of them. So they're pretty excited about that. Well, we've got five key points this morning. So Mary, guess what that means? <laughs> A super long sermon, right? Uh, no, we'll, we'll, we'll probably be in the same time frame. Let's begin. We're going to jump in with key point number one. Key point number one, what it's going to do for us is it's going to lay the foundation and then the rest of the key points are going to be the follow-up to that. So key point number one is this. Jesus arrives on the day of lamb selection. Jesus arrives on the day of lamb 
selection. We'll explain that in a little bit more detail, but let's pick up. We're going to start in Luke chapter 19. We're going to pick up at verse 28. We got through verse 27 last week. We're going to pick up at verse 28. When he, that's Jesus, had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass when he drew near to Bethpage and Bethany at the mountain called Olivet, that's the Mount of Olives, that he sent two of his disciples saying, go into the village opposite you, where as you enter, you will find a colt or a donkey tied on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you loosing it? Thus you shall say to him, because the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went their way and found it just as he said to them. But as they were loosing the donkey or the colt, the owners of it said to him, said to them, why are you loosing the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of him. Then they brought him to Jesus and they threw their own clothes on the colt and they sat Jesus on him. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. Now, let's pause there just for a moment. When I'm reading this, am I the only one that thinks this is strange? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of like when Jesus boat jacked uh, Andrew's boat, right? I mean, he's just going out to the you know, Sea of Galilee, and it's like, I need a boat, and I'm taking this one. He just gets in the boat. He didn't ask anybody's permission. He just gets in the boat, and you know, Andrew and his brother are off cleaning the nets, and then they turn around, and they're like, what are they, what are, what are, what's going on here? And uh, Jesus was like, well, I needed a boat. And so he just, he just took the boat. And he does here, he's sending his disciples. Imagine just for a moment. You know, follow me with this. Imagine you're the owner of the donkey, right? And then somebody shows up, and you see these guys, and they're loosening it. They're untying it. And then you go, hey, what, what, what are you doing? And their response is, the Lord has need of it. And then the next, very next thing is, so they were on their way with the donkey. If I had been the owner, I'd been like, right, you tell the Lord to come get it himself. <laughs> right? I mean, there's, there's this little, I don't know, there's something within me that I'm going, maybe it's just this, um, I, I, I don't know. So something unusual has happened here, right? I mean, for that to be that easy for them to just go in and say, the Lord has need of it. So it made me think, what, what would cause them to do that? It was, either, it was either a few things. One is, it was supernatural. It was a supernatural event where um, maybe, maybe my speculation, maybe an angel came to them in a dream and said, someone's going to try and take your donkey. And if they do, ask them why. And if they respond, the Lord has need of it, then you know that it's of the Lord. May, I, God's done that before, right? I mean, God has sent an angel in a dream and has said, said to do those things. Perhaps, and this is very, very likely, Jesus' popularity had grown so much from Galilee to Jerusalem that everybody knew who he was. And they knew his disciples. So when a couple of his disciples show up, they already knew who he was. So when he says, the Lord has need of them, then it seems to me that this very likely was a believer that was like, yeah, we've heard that he's coming, he's coming into Jerusalem and there's something different about this visit because they were so quick. In fact, as you continue read, reading, it's, it, 
I don't think they just sent the donkey. It sounds like they came, they came with them. That they were like, we're going with you. And that they, the, they followed the disciples and went with the disciples. So there seems to be going on something going on here that in the culture itself where they're excited about Jesus going to Jerusalem. And it's fascinating because all the disciples have this mindset of what? Jesus is coming to Jerusalem to overthrow everything. And this is the moment. So Jesus, in a way, seems to add to the confusion, doesn't he? And here's why. Because he's coming in on a donkey, which is significant to the Jewish people, because coming in on a donkey into Jerusalem would be part of a coronation ceremony for a king. So when Jesus tells them to go get a donkey, the mindset of the disciples is what? We were right. We're right. He is going to set up his kingdom. This is the moment. Let's go get the donkey, and the coronation is going to begin. And they're excited about this. So, so they go and get the donkey. Keep in mind, it's been a thousand years. A thousand years have gone by since Solomon rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. So there, this is a significant moment. When someone shows up and says, the Lord needs a donkey, they're probably thinking, we've heard about this. We've heard that Jesus is coming to Jerusalem, and this is the moment that the Messiah is going to make himself known, and he is going to set up the kingdoms that's going to overthrow all the kingdoms of the world. So they're, they're now, can you, imagine, can you imagine that they're even more heightened, excited even more so now, because Jesus told them to get this donkey. Because now they're thinking, this is it. This is the coronation. Jesus is coming in. And this is going to be a significant moment. Now, also keep in mind this. Jesus is riding on a donkey. A donkey is a symbol not only of royalty and coronation. A donkey is a symbol of peace. In contrast, a horse, riding in on a horse, is a symbol of war. So at Jesus' first coming, when he first came to earth... And, and he dwelt among us. He did what? He entered Jerusalem riding, you know, coming in from the Mount of Olives, riding on a donkey to bring peace. Next time we see him, he's not on a donkey. He's on a horse. He's coming the same way. He's coming from the, the, the Mount of Olives, and he's going to head into J Jerusalem. But this time he's not going to be on a donkey bringing peace. This time he is bringing peace war. This time he's going to be on a horse. So let's pick back up uh, verse 37. Then as Jesus was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Do you see it? I mean, they just thought this is so obvious to them. They're going, here he is, and they're singing songs. And some of the Pharisees called to Jesus from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But Jesus answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Isn't that fascinating? Jesus is saying, listen, you don't, you don't stop them, let them. They are, he, he is welcoming public praise. He's welcoming their, their worship of him. And he says, you don't stop it. I'm not stopping it. And if, if they stop, even the, the stones themselves will cry out and worship. Now, as Christians, 
and especially Gentile Christians, uh, we think of palm branches as part of the celebration of Holy Week, right? I mean, as we're approaching Easter and we think about uh, what we, what we talk, talk about the, the Sunday before uh, the, the week of Passion Week, the Holy Week, right? Uh, we think of Palm Sunday, and we call it Palm Sunday because all the palm branches, right? It, it was, that was the significance, and they're excited about all these palm branches coming up. But as Gentile Christians, that's, that's about the extent of our focus. We don't really refer to the 10th day of Nisan as being lamb selection day, you know, the day that you present your lamb. We typically do what? It's Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday. We bring out the branches. Bring out. We, that's what we associate it with. However, it's important for us to consider this. Palm branches were not typically associated with palm, what we call Palm Sunday. Palm branches were not typical and not typically associated with the week of Passover. That was usually res- reserved for a later event, one called the Feast of Tabernacles. The Feast of Tabernacles, which occurs in the fall, is an event that they pull out the branches. They pull out the palm branches and they worship and they, it's a coronation. It's a celebration that they have been delivered. It's a symbol of victory over their enemies. It's a declaration that the king has arrived. So typically, the, the palm branches don't, don't come out at what we call Easter or what we call Palm Sunday. That's a, that's a fall event. And in other words, here's what they did. They got the right person. Jesus is the Messiah, but their timing was wrong. Their timing was off. This is not the moment that Jesus is coming in to be coronated as king and to overthrow the kingdoms of the world. That's going to happen at another time. Now, they're not wrong. Jesus is king, and Jesus does bring us victory. But the ultimate timing of his kingdom is at a later point. It's at a later point. 